the week that changed <laughs> the world. Amen, brother. Holy week. Woo. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. We, we're here to help you love God, save souls, slay error. Also, the month of April is dedicated both to devotion to the Holy Eucharist and devotion to the Holy Spirit. This tradition has developed because Easter Sunday often falls in April. And in essence, April is a month of Easter. And during the Easter celebration, we remember the Eucharistic sacrifice Christ gave us at the Last Supper. We also remember the gift of the Holy Spirit to make us fishers of men. We call this Pentecost, which came shortly after Jesus' resurrection. Terry, well, I'm reporting for duty. What about you? I'm reporting for duty. I have a big smile on my face, Jess. You know that we have hundreds of funerals here at the chapel. I just met a young man. His mother's Catholic. They were never baptized. And I got a chance to share with him why these ladies were praying in church and the Blessed Sacrament and genuflecting. And he, he, he ended up genuflecting. He's, oh, that's, that's God? Yeah, that's God, dude. No one ever told him that. He's 30 years old. And I told him, man, you need to come come here. I, I, I'm going to be teaching some convert classes, dude. <laughs> so anyhow, I get excited because every time I can tell people about Jesus Christ uh, gives me uh, just, I get, uh, I get goosebumps, Jess, because I find someone who's open to saying, well, t- who is this Jesus? You know, that's awesome. All right. That's right. Yep. That's exciting. Hey, Jess, today we got a good show because two things. One, the indictment on President P- uh, Trump that's an, uh, making history. We've never had that happen to a president. And I'm going to give you a teaser. We'll let you know if that would affect him for running for the presidency. I'll just give you an answer. No. But uh, also, Jesse, the thing that I really liked that we're, you picked was this article from Pope Benedict XVI. He's preaching from the grave. And it's yes. about the very concrete advice for being a little holier every day. Great advice. I used this advice in my book, How to Share Your Faith. So that was I, I took that, what, 10 years ago from this article. Great article to talk about. Jesse, what about the good to know file? What do we got going on that right now? <clears throat> I got two li- little micro stories. I think they're pretty pretty good to put a, a smile on your face. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a former Major League Baseball player. Okay. His name's Daryl Miller Sr. Yep. Who played for the California Angels. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He was ordained a Catholic deacon of the Diocese of Orange in California. Wow. What a story. So, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. I mean... Uh, and, and to commemorate the occasion, the Diocese of Orange tweeted out congratulations to Daryl Miller and the other 12 men who were ordained alongside him. And their addition to the diaconate brings the number up to 154 strong in the Orange County, uh, County Diocese. Also, here's another pretty cool one. Vicente Nieves de Leon was born in San Juan de Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and he currently resides in the town of Carolina, Puerto Rico. Well, he was interviewed by Elatea, and something unusual about him. Guess what? Mm. He's a police officer. Wow! And and uh, and so he's a he's a police. He's a, he's still in the force. He's a husband and father, and now he's been ordained a permanent deacon as well. So we have an on-duty cop still active in law enforcement, who's also a permanent deacon. So Terry, it seems to me like a lot of men are hearing the call to serve Christ oh, yeah. uh, to the best of their ability in this lifetime. So I want to just profile Daryl Miller and uh, former baseball player who's now a deacon, Vicente Nieves, uh, a, an active police officer in Puerto Rico who's now a deacon as well. Good for you, man. Absolutely. And I've got another good news story. And in a sense, another bishop, a Dutch bishop, is rebuking 
the heretical Germans send it away uh, as intentional deception of the faithful. What I really like about what he said, Jesse, is this bishop, he said this, the German bishops practice intentional deception of the faithful and have in invented the signs of the times as a new source of revelation. <laughs> in other words, well, our revelation is the word of God, right? The bishops out there in, in, in uh, Germany, their revelation, their revealing truth is in the signs of the times. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. So Bishop Robert Munsters, auxiliary bishop here of Netherlands, said that the proponents of this uh, contradict the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, which they claim to adhere. I've been saying that forever. Thank you, Bishop. Anything else, Jess, before we get to the gospel? <coughs> no, Terry, right. that, that's, that's it, my friend. All right, let's get some soul food in our soul. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. In this <clears throat> yep. Reclining at table mm -hmm. with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. By the way, anytime you hear the double amen, the double Hebrew expletive, <laughs> you better listen because he's, our Lord is about to say something very important. Amen. The disciples looked at one another at a loss to whom he meant, one of his disciples, the one, who, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to, to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed, to the, and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. Look at that, those three words. Ouch, ouch. Satan entered Whoa. into who? A bishop. The apostles are bishops. Yep. That's the Greek word. They are called episcopae in the book of Acts. The devil entered into a bishop and possessed mm. him. Pray for our bishops. Mm. Pray for our pope. They can be attacked by the devil, and they are. It's right in the Bible. I, I continue. So Jesus said to him, to Judas, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, none of those reclining at table realized why he had said this. Some thought that since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, buy what we need for the feast or to give something to the poor. So Jesus, so Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. <clears throat> As Archbishop Fulton Sheen calls <laughs> Judas, he calls him the, uh, the patron saint of social justice. Yep. He was also a thief. He had the purse. He was in charge of the treasury of the apostles, whatever money they had. And uh, again, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, I continue. Now, when he had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in him himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So I say to you, Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me, though you will follow me later. Mm. 
And that actually literally happened yep. to 11 out of the 12 apostles. They all died vicious, cruel martyrs' deaths, except for John. My hypothesis is the reason John didn't die a martyr's death is, is because he's the only one that stood with Mary and Mary, Mary and Mary Magdalene at the foot of the cross. The other 11 ran away. Yep. The other 11 suffered horrible deaths. John died an old man. Interesting. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you, will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, Jess, one thing I just, I looked it up and it was interesting. I always wondered, you know, they couldn't fit, who, who, who's, which one is he, you know? Why did why did they all look alike? Well, they were related, right, Jess? So there was yeah. an issue of yeah. who, mm-hmm. who's who. In other words, they, 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 there were resemblances of cousins. And so sometimes you can look at your own cousins and they go, hey, well, you guys look like brothers. Right. So there you go. I just wanted to give that little insight because that, that hit me years ago that I always wondered why, you know, they had to be identified. Cause they yeah, all... there, was, there was a few pairs of brothers within the apostles. For yeah. example, one, Peter and Andrew were brothers. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 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 James and John were brothers. So yeah. there was actually some uh, some bloodline relationships within the apostles. Um, all I can say is this, for just uh, to, for us as a reflection, yeah. is yes, Peter sinned greatly, but guess what? His repentance was even greater than his sin. Well so what I'm going to share with you this Lent, we're all sinners Go to confession and and know that God's mercy and God's forgiveness is greater than your sin. Give him your sins uh, in the sacrament of confession and enjoy living in a state of sanctifying grace. It is beautiful. Yeah, repent and believe in the gospel. You got to have that part, though. Repent. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton J. Fulton ahead. We're going to be talking about Pope Benedict later in the show, and I've got a quote here with Bishop Sheen and Pope Benedict. And Pope Benedict was talking about, hey, again, what's going on down on planet Earth? He said, this is Benedict. We wish to make it clear that the departure from the church teaching or silence about it is an effort to provide pastoral care is neither caring nor pastoral. Only what is true can ultimately be pastoral. Well said, Cardinal Ratzinger, yes. Pope Benedict yes. XVI. Yes. And you know, Jesse, I repeat that today because we hear people think saying that I'm going to be pastoral. I'm going to let you receive Holy Communion even though you're an active homosexual, or you're a fornicator, or an adulterer. No, that's not how it works. Pastoral is repent and believe in the gospel. That's the gospel. I'm, Amen. I'm done, Jess. Hey. Terry, up next, we're going to have a, a short little clip, a two-minute clip from President Donald Trump. Yep. Today is a, is, a, is a day of infamy in this country, a day of injustice. This day, Terry, will be marked in American history forever. And first time we'll be back. ever happened. We'll be Thank back you. talking about Donald Trump's indictment. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Just said it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse, I'm on Twitter and thousands and thousands of comments. This is the topic of the day. Uh, Jess, you wrote a book in support of President Trump as a Catholic along with Father Frank Pavone. And so this is a topic that you're well-versed on. What's going on with uh, 
this indictment. Terry, uh, the uh, President Trump, they're trying to take this um, a misdemeanor, yeah. something that he may have committed, right? Uh, and they're trying to make it a felony. This is something that's never been done in the history of the, of the world, in the history of the U.S. In other words, Terry, if I give you a, a parking ticket, yeah. just because I don't like you, I can't say, you know what? It's not a parking ticket. Now for you, Terry Barber, it's an arrestable offense. Right. Uh, you're going to jail. It's a felony. You can't change the rules and the laws right. arbitrarily because you don't like the person. This is exactly what we're, they're doing to Donald Trump right now. Uh, is, uh, I, I want to ask Richard if he can play the clip that I send him. Good. Mr. Engineer, do you have that clip? Here it comes. We are now officially a third world country. No president in the history of our country has been subjected to such vicious and disgusting attacks. But they only attack me because I fight for you. It's very simple. They can't buy me and they can't control me. And that scares them beyond belief. Since the very beginning, I've shunned the globalist special interest donors who have made a fortune off of destroying our country. Instead, our presidential campaign has always been funded by grassroots patriots like you. Your contribution today will show the left that nothing can destroy the greatest political movement in history. This is the greatest movement in political history. There's never been anything like it. Even the fake news media, when they hear me say that, they can't challenge it because it's true. And you think about what we did in 2016. And then we did even better by many millions and millions of votes in 2020. But the election was rigged and stolen. But now we're going to take back our country in 2024. If you're doing poorly because of Biden's disastrous policies, don't even think about making a contribution to our campaign. You and your family always come first. Our movement is about making your life better and putting you first. So I don't want you to incur any financial costs that you can't afford. But if you're doing well because all of the things that I've done have brought you wealth and prosperity, or at least you're extremely comfortable, it would be really great if you could contribute to our campaign. You know how to do it because they're going to have billions of dollars fighting to make this a communist country. And that's what they're doing. They skipped socialism. They, the train didn't stop at that station. In just a couple of years, our country is going to be richer, stronger, and greater than ever before. But that's only if we win in 2024. Otherwise, our country will continue to fail. Our country will be a disaster. Together, we will make America great again. Wow. For the for the first time in American history, Terry, a former U.S. president is under indictment from a grand jury on criminal charges. Right. And so uh, on Thursday, March 30th, in the late afternoon, a Manhattan grand jury indicted Donald Trump on more than 30 counts allegedly related to business fraud. The indictment is filed under seal and the charges are not publicly known. So nobody knows what the charges yes, are. See, will they ever be publicly known? Or is that something that... Because well, I'm not, you're you're more on the legal side. What what what's going to happen with that? I, I believe they will be known after the trial or okay. or after you know okay. w w the judge gets involved. Yeah. Uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office mm -hmm. has been investigating Trump's involvement in an alleged 2016 hush money scheme. 
So allegedly, days before the 2016 presidential election, Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, paid porn star Stormy Daniels $130,000 to stay quiet about an alleged affair between her and Trump a decade earlier. So back in 2018, federal prosecutors charged Cohen with financial crimes involving payments to Daniels and Playboy model Karen McDougal. McDougal's, like Daniels, claims she had an extramarital affair with Donald Trump in 2006, but Trump denies both Daniels and McDougal's allegations, calling the indictment a political persecution. So the indictment is filed under seal at the moment, and the charges are not publicly known. Cohen, however, pled guilty and served jail time for the offense. The office of District Attorney Bragg put out a statement on Thursday saying, quote, this evening we contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender to the Manhattan DA's office for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment, which remains under seal. Close quote. Sources are indicating Trump will appear in court on Tuesday, today. And um, here's what he wrote. Uh, This was read uh, on Fox News. Uh, Trump's statement was read on Fox News. It says this. I believe that this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. The American people realize exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party united and strong will first defeat Alvin Bragg. Then we will defeat Joe Biden. And we're going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. A grand jury is not a trial jury. And legal analysts are urging people to know the distinction. That's a good point. Yeah. Eli Honig, former federal prosecutor and author of a new book, Untouchable, How Powerful People Get Away With It, he told CNN the following quote, A grand jury is bigger, typically 23 members, Mm -hmm. and the prosecutor only needs the votes of a majority of a grand jury as opposed to a trial jury, which has to be unanimous. The standard of proof in a grand jury is lower than a trial jury, In a grand jury, you only have to show probable cause, meaning more likely than not. But of course, in a trial setting, you need to show proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, Florida's Governor DeSantis noted, quote, the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. It's un-American. And Republicans are calling the indictment a political attack. While Democrats say they want to see the rule of law upheld, The indictment, however, does not, does not bar Trump from running for president in 2024. Jesse, quick question on that, because we got a minute here. Yeah. Uh, The question I have is prostitution in like Vegas or in L.A. goes on all over the country, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, how much money? So let's say this actually happened with those porn stars with President Trump. Okay, I'm just going to say it did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... That's, you know, he, he, he did a horrible, sinful thing. Exactly. Okay? I acknowledge that. But I'm missing something. Where is everybody else going to jail over this? I mean, why is he identified differently? Why is he being treated in a way that millions, and I'm saying, I hate to say this, Jesse, but I bet when 340 million people, there are several million people in our country that commit adultery, prostitution. <laughs> Where are they going? Why aren't they in jail? Why aren't they indicted? That's a question I have. Why is he different? How many people have gone, politicians have gone to Epstein Island and engage in, uh, you know, in in sex with uh, minors and prostitutes? How many people have gone to the Bohemian Grove and and engaged with sex with minors and prostitutes? Uh, Bill Clinton had a large payoff 
to, to Monica to, Lewinsky. Yeah. So that she wouldn't, uh, you know, come out in the open. Yeah. And and she, there was others. He paid off to others as well. Oh yeah. There's a double standard in this country, Terry. We here's what's Obvious. sad. Here's what's sad. Yeah. We've sunk to a banana republic. Yeah. Okay. We, we're we're taking our place as a True. third world country. Yep. And and we we even see it, Terry. The United States currency is no longer the reserve currency. It's going to be replaced in short time. It's true. It's, yep. Look at our large cities. Look at the homelessness with the high crime rates. Look at the corruption embedded in our government systems, in the schools. Uh, this this country is uh, one nation under God is turning into a banana republic. We've become the new late Romans. We're ripe right now, Terry. We're ripe for Chinese takeover. Yeah. And just like Rome 2,000 years ago, yeah. One of the things that destroyed Rome was moral decay. That's what's destroying America. Moral decay is the real pandemic. And the other question, I didn't want to leave out Joe Biden and his uh, son with all the terrible things he's done with that that laptop computer. They're in living color. Yeah. So I'm just asking, again, it's hypocrisy. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, but not right now. It should be. Yeah, it should be. But this is where the direction of the country is going. But I want to give hope also. I believe that this is going to backfire on the liberal arm of the of the uh, liberal arm of this country. I really do. I think people are going to go, wait a minute. What? And then you're going to get more supporters for orthodoxy in the sense of politics saying, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. These liberals, what are they doing? They're they're picking and choosing. I'm not I don't want anything to do with this. I think. Mark my word, two years from now, this will have a negative impact on our Democratic Party. That's my take, Jess. Terry, and, and in New York, this this Manhattan district attorney, he's, the, he's already announced, Alvin Bragg, he said that he's not going to prosecute uh, some serious crimes. And there's a spike in crime in New York City. Yep. Shootings and murders have skyrocketed in the last 10 years. And this new district attorney... The only thing he has in his mind is to prosecute Donald Trump for allegedly sleeping with a prostitute. But, Terry, robberies, murders, burglaries, uh, uh, crime is at an all-time high in in his area. Yeah. And they're Democratic. Let's just jump in here and say 17 out of the 20 large cities that have all kinds of crime. Guess who the city is run by, Jess? Democrats. Democrats. That's right. And and under... Alvin Bragg, this DA from Manhattan, he supposedly got this new plan. And under his new plan, he says that armed robbers, get this, armed robbers using guns or other deadly weapons are only going to face misdemeanor charges. What planet is he on? That's You know who's supporting that? Soros. Exactly. That's behind that, Jess. Bragg has also declared that his district attorney office, they will not prosecute people for refusing to pay the bus or subway fares, <laughs> no trespassing, oh resisting arrest. Uh, here's what's interesting. Bragg actually says he's not going to prosecute anybody who sleeps with a prostitute. He's a hypocrite. Unless you're President Trump. Unless I'm you're sorry. President Trump. Did I say that? I said it. You know why? Hypocrisy <laughs> here. We've got to be consistent, Jess. So, so Bragg is on record saying he's not going to prosecute. Here, uh, people refusing to pay the, pay the bus, subway fares, trespassing, uh, resisting arrest, prostitution, or obscenity. He's not going to prosecute. What's unless he there your name for? Is, unless your name is Donald Trump. Yeah. But what's he there for? You see, but Jesse, I'm going to make that point about Soros. 
He's funded all these <laughs> these attorneys that are in positions to do that. Why? To destroy our country. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Bragg, the, the new leftist district attorney yeah. of this large city, he received a million dollars from money. billionaire George Soros yep. for his election. A million dollars he received. And so these leftist prosecutors yeah. in these Democrat-run cities across the country... They're funded by George Soros, and what are they doing? They're remaking the law to favor criminals over victims through policies that embolden lawbreakers, and they're going after their enemies across the aisle, Terry. Well said. Welcome back. We're going to come back with Pope Benedict XVI's very concrete advice for being a little holier every day, because that's really what matters. With this hypocrisy oh, going yeah. on, yeah. we need to live holy lives. Stay with holy. us, family. We'll be back holy. with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse, you've got me fired up. This article by Pope Benedict XVI. I mean, this is really what it's all about. I mean, we live in a world that's broken. We just talked about the broken world we're in and what we can do. Live, be holy. Yeah, for your God is holy. So, Jesse, let's talk about Benedict's idea of how we can be holier every single day with his tips. Absolutely. Remember, the goal of life is to become a friend of God. It says says Abraham in the Bible, James chapter 2. Abraham was a friend of God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. That's the goal. And to be a friend of God, it means to live in a state of sanctifying grace. That's basically what it means. So Pope Benedict, he talks about here what is essential. And this was an Advent homily that he gave back in 2009. He He said, quote, In our daily lives, we all experience having little time for the Lord, and also a little time for ourselves. We end by being absorbed in doing. Who hasn't experienced periods when the number of things we have to do overwhelms us and we no longer have the time or availability of mind for what's truly essential? He's nailing it. So now he answers. He answers, what is essential? <laughs> this is it. For Pope Benedict XVI, it's our encounter with Christ. Amen. That's what's essential, our encounter with Christ. He says, quote, for being Christian, being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. Close quote. He wrote this in his first encyclical as Pope, Deus Caritas Est. You know, Jesse, I love what he said here about faith is above all a relationship, an encounter with God. He says, the new decisive direction is to become holy. And the way we advance on the path of holiness is by spending time with Christ regularly, especially before the Blessed Sacrament, by allowing ourselves to be caught up in his love. Once you enter into friendship with God, everything else in your life begins to change. Well said. As you come to know him better, you find you want to reflect something of his infinite goodness in your life. I mean, teaching me how to be a a better person on recycling doesn't introduce me to Christ, okay? Pope Benedict is saying, no, you got to know the person of Christ. He said this in his address to teachers and religious at the Twickenham University in the UK, September 17th. 
And in order to become a friend of God, Benedict XVI recommends a few habits that are quite accessible and easy to put into place. Jess, what are those advices? He gives us nine points here Mm -hmm. as a good papa, as a good father to his children. And the first one is, number one, he says, twice a day, have brief contact with God. Here's what he says. Every relationship dies if it's not maintained. Amen. This is true for couples, families, and friends, but also for the Lord. That's why Benedict XVI said, it means never beginning and never ending a day without at least a brief contact with God. Not necessarily a prayer, but a thought, a heartfelt gesture, a word of praise or gratitude at the beginning and end of the day, close quote. So on a very practical level, he's calling us to basically sandwich our day. You know, sandwich yeah. has two pieces of bread. Sure. Sandwich your your day yep. in the morning with, with some type of encounter with God. And in the evening before you go to bed, another encounter with God. So that's point number one of nine, Terry. Well, number two, every morning, thank the Lord for the gift of faith. And I might add, ask Jesus for stronger faith in the morning. I do that every day and it helps. In his last general audience on February 27th, 2013, Pope Benedict XVI shared a beautiful short prayer and encouraged reciting it daily in the morning to express love for the Lord and to thank him for the gift of faith. Here's the prayer in question. I love this prayer. I highlighted it. I adore you, my God, and I love you with all my heart. I thank you for having created me and made me a Christian. Wow, short and sweet. I love it. For Benedict XVI, the gift of faith is our most precious possession, which no one can take from us. Terry, something important here. That's beautiful. Uh, uh, I, and I know sometimes living, you know, living in Southern California, having lived there, yeah. a lot of Catholics ha- ha- are asked by Protestants, yeah. have you accepted Jesus Christ as personal <laughs> Lord and Savior into your heart? Yeah. Well, when, when you look at all the, the, the teachings of the Catholic Church, like this, yeah. this one here, uh, uh, Pope Benedict, I adore you, my God, and I love you with all my heart. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of Catholic prayers, that's exactly the language exactly. That, uh, that the Church is always teaching us is... Uh, in in a lot of our prayers, you can always see that we're always asking Christ into our heart. Yes. So it's a very Catholic. So don't be beguiled when somebody says, have you accepted Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior? You should be saying, yeah, every day I do in prayer. I accept them into my heart. That It should be just a natural Catholic response. And you know, to in addition to that, Jesse Scott Hahn used to say it as a Catholic. He says, not only do I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I go to Holy Mass and receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity in Jesus yeah. Christ in the Holy Eucharist, my friend. I yeah, that was exactly. a good, good addition. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't beat that. But, but of course, and, and, and I'll tell people, yeah. this whole thing about a personal relationship with Christ or yeah. having him in your heart. Sure. Uh, the first, the first Pope said that first Peter chapter three, verse 15, he said this notice, he goes, consecrate the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. That's first beautiful. Peter three, 15. Beautiful. So it's very Catholic to call Jesus and consecrate him and make him Lord of your heart. It's thoroughly Catholic. I think pretty much every single Pope has said that starting with St. Peter <laughs> okay. number point three, number three. Yes. Yeah. Hit it. Every day. 
find an opportunity to rejoice. A yearning for joy lurks within the heart of every man and woman, Benedict said, on the 27th World Youth Day in 2012. He said, quote, Far more than immediate and fleeting feelings of satisfaction, our hearts seek a perfect, full, and lasting joy capable of giving flavor to our existence. Mm -hmm. Close quote. In order to savor it, we must identify the simple joys that the Lord offers us. Benedict XVI points out to us some reasons for rejoicing. He says the joy of living, the joy of seeing nature's beauty, the joy of a job well done, the joy of helping others, the joy of sincere and pure love. If we look carefully, we can see many other reasons to rejoice. There are the happy times in family life, shared friendship, the discovery of our talents, our successes, the compliments we receive from others, the ability to express ourselves and to know that we are understood, and the feeling of being helped of being helped to others. Close quote. Wow, an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Welcome, just that's, about what, that's what he just said. I know it. I love it. Number four, Jess. Hit it. Every yeah, every Sunday, encounter Christ in the Eucharist. Yes. John six fifty one. I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, close quote. (laughs) As a promise of Christ himself, every Eucharistic celebration sacramentally makes makes present Jesus' gift of his life. That's why, for Benedict XVI, he said this, quote, The essential means, never leaving a Sunday without an encounter with the risen Christ in the Eucharist, this is not an additional burden, but is light, for the whole week. And Jesse, I want to just make this expression because I was 14 years of age when I fell in love with Jesus Christ for the person of Christ, okay? So I, I needed to know Christ. And that's where I went, to the Holy Eucharist. I said, wait a minute. If Jesus Christ is present in the Holy Eucharist, hey, I, gotta, I want to go there every day to receive him, mm-hmm. not just on mm-hmm. Sunday. And that's mm-hmm. where I made a change. And you know what, Jesse? That changed my life because... Now my relationship grew so much more because I was spending time before a Eucharistic king. I was participating in the sacrifice of the Mass, which is like coming back to Calvary every day of my life. Now I'm 66 years old, and I still get to receive Holy Communion this morning. I still get closer. I'm going to tell everybody right now, please, this Holy Week, this is like Jesse said, the week that changed the world. Yes. Take some time and just be with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, especially this Holy Thursday, which we're going to be celebrating the commemoration of the priesthood and the Holy Eucharist. So I want to just say thank you, Pope Benedict XVI, for encouraging us to come closer to Hugh, to come closer to Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Point number five. Yep. Every day take note of a sign from God. In 2009, Benedict XVI was in the vanguard of the idea of the bullet journal, a diary in which we would note the signs that God sends us. The purpose is to become aware of of and keep a record of how attentive God is to each of his creatures and how much he loves us. He said, the individual events of the day are hints that God is giving us signs of the attention he has for each one of us. How often does God give us a glimpse of his love to keep, as it were, an interior journal of this love would be a beautiful and salutary task for our life, Pope Benedict stated. You know, Jesse, 45 years ago, when I just got out of high school, I wrote a journal every day. I journaled about my relationship with Christ and what he was calling me to do. Mm. You know, I went into a Franciscan monastery. Uh, You know, that didn't work out for me for reasons I've shared on my book. 
But um, the point that I was writing about my life and what I was being called to do really helped me focus my life on Christ and not on what I wanted to do. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And then I realized, Jesse, every single day, even now, you, what does the Lord want us to do today? He wants us to share the gospel, but serve our family, serve our neighbors who are in need. And so now we can apply what Pope Benedict is saying about the Holy Eucharist and also about uh, us taking you know, a sign of writing a journal. What's the journal's focus? to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and serving my brothers and sisters in my family and at, in my town. And that's a simple equation of sharing the Catholic faith with people. And I appreciate what he said there, Jess. Absolutely. Number six. Hey, Jess, before you get to number six, because we're going to take a quick break, I want to yeah. just remind everybody the Spiritual Warfare Conference. Wow. That was last weekend. Folks, if you, ha- if you didn't get a copy of the talks... Please go to uh, CatholicRC.org. You can get those talks and uh, share them with your friends and family because we are under attack, as I said before. You've probably seen it on LifeSite News, all the interviews from us on this particular conference. Please share it with family and friends, especially on this Holy Week. We'll be back with more talking about Pope Benedict's advice on living a holy life here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, you know, talking about holiness is so, I mean, when we talk about the food chain, (laughs) it's the top of the food chain because what else is there, bro? If we don't live in the state of grace, living a holy life, everything else it's irrelevant. You will experience eternal global warming if you don't. I hear you, bro. And climate change. Exactly. Yep. Let's get to number six, yes. Yeah. Number six, Pope Benedict gives us nine bullets on, on how to be how to live holy lives. Mm. Number six, he says, contemplating works of art. As a musician and, and music lover, Benedict the sixteenth experienced how beauty leads to God. During a general audience in August two thousand eleven. He shared how much a Bach concert in Munich had touched him. At the end of the last passage, one of the cantatas, I felt, not by reasoning, but in the depths of my heart, <laughs> that what I had heard had communicated truth to me, the truth of the supreme composer, and impelled me to thank God, close quote. Mm. The way of beauty is one of the ways that can lead to God and help us encounter him. Pope Benedict also says there are artistic expressions that are paths to God, the supreme beauty, and that even help to grow in our relationship with him in prayer. These are works that were both that were born from faith and express faith. We can see an example of this when we visit when we visit a Gothic cathedral. We're enraptured by the vertical lines that source skywards and uplift our gaze and our spirit. Or when we listen to a piece of sacred music that plucks our heartstrings and our minds, as it were, expands and turns naturally to God. So Benedict was very big, Terry, on, on, on music and art and the way uh, those transcendentals, they point us to God who is the ultimate transcendental 
of goodness, beauty, and truth. You know, I also know that he could play the piano, Pope Benedict. Good. I was, Father Fessio told me that he he would yeah. do that for his students, and it just blew the guys away. Wow. Number seven, enjoying up the humorous moments of life. Jesse, if you and I joke, folks, if you were ever on a, an event with Jess Romero and myself and his wife, Anita, uh, we always joke because we have such fun doing things, mm-hmm. whether Jesse's yep. driving the van or can't open up all the doors or whatever. He, well, I only want one door open. The guy hits a button. Everything opens up. We just laugh at each other because you know what? We don't take ourselves too serious. Well, here's what Benedict said. In a rather personal interview in preparation for an apostolic trip to Bavaria, that's in Germany, in September of 06, Benedict XVI emphasized the importance of not taking oneself too seriously mm. and knowing how to enjoy the little joys of life. Well, if Jesse and Anita know how to do it, I love being around joyful people, brother, and you're that. Amen. I, he yeah. says, I am not a man who consistently thinks up jokes, but I think it's very important to be able to see the humorous side of life and its joyful dimensions and not to take anything too tragically. And he concludes... A writer once said the angels can fly because they do not take themselves too seriously. Maybe we could also fly a bit if we didn't think we were so important. You know, I like Ronald Reagan's line. It's amazing what we can get done when we don't care who gets you know, credit for doing it. And, mm-hmm. and Jess, this is I, I'm going to I keep pointing at you because, Jess, here you are running all around the country preaching the word of God. But you know what? If you, you're a guy that can laugh at yourself when you say something like, did I really say that, Terry? Yeah, Jess. <laughs> you know, and you laugh. You know why, Jess? That keeps you actually, your health is... Grounded. And yeah, you're grounded and not you. You're grounded in Christ. So you, you know that you're, a, that you're a weak vessel, that God's Ew. using you. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah, it is no longer I who live, but Christ That's who Saint lives Paul, in man. me. That's yeah. it. Yep. And the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died for me. And, and that's why we can have joy, because we know it's not us. It's Christ and who strengthens us. It's all about Jesus. Amen, all, Catholicism is all about Jesus. <laughs> Number eight, yes. <laughs> Invoke the saints more often. Oh, yeah. Pope Benedict XVI had a great devotion to and confidence in the saints. He said, quote, these men and women who with their faith, with their charity, with their life, mm-hmm. have been beacons for so many generations, and they are they are for us too. Yeah. Close quote. He also said at an inaugural Mass, he said the following about the communion of saints. He said, quote, All the saints of God are there to protect me, to sustain me, and to carry me. Close quote. Pope Benedict also invites all the baptized to do the same. More specifically, by following their example, seeking their intercession, entering into communion with them. Close quote. Then Pope Benedict says, quoting from Lumen Gentium, he says, Our companionship with the saints joins us to Christ, from whom, as from their fountain and head, issue every grace and the life of the people of God itself. Close quote. And number nine, Terry. Yeah, number nine is awesome. Take time for silence, especially guys like Jess and myself, who who really uh, we say probably more words in a day than most people yeah. say in a week. Okay. That's true. Despite the busyness of life, Benedict the Sixteenth invites us to take regular times of silence, a reliable path to meeting God, a space to let joy, concern, suffering speak, an essential time to discern what is important from what is useless or incidental. It is hardly surprising 
that different religious traditions consider solitude and silence as a privileged state with which people to, re, to pe- for people to rediscover themselves and that truth which gives meaning to all things. He noted this in his message for the 46th World Day of Social Communications, May 12th, May of, of 2012. And I like this line. If God speaks to us even in silence, we in turn discover in the silence the possibility of speaking with God about God. So you know what, Jess? That, this whole thing about silence, I learned that years ago that, man, it's so refreshing to shut the world off, go before the Blessed Sacrament saying, Jesus, I'm here for a holy hour. You know, every Thursday night we pray for our priests here. The last Thursday night, Jesse, you know what happened? People were busy. You know who was at that holy hour? Me, Ooh. me, myself, and I. I mean, wow. me, my, my guardian angel. One time I was there all alone. And what did that do for me? It really brought me an intimacy of knowing that the Lord is here. My guardian angel is here. So please take the time this Holy Week to spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. And, or if you can't do that, at least take silence where you're going to spend some time just communing with the Father. Also, another good thing, another good idea for Holy Week. Tell me, Jess. Is find time to find, find uh, sit down and watch the movie, The Passion of the Oh. Christ. That's a killer. You're not kidding. Yeah, w- watch it with your family, you know, yeah. unevangelized family members. Yeah. Invite them over. Say, hey, uh, this is Holy Week. We're Catholics. I just thought that I'd invite you guys over to watch this movie, which had a profound effect on my life, which is basically Catholic history. Yeah. This is this is what we believe as Catholics. And I, I just in, would invite you to, you know, spend some time with me and watch it. Yeah, good uh, points, Jesse. And you know what Benedict is really doing? And I, yeah. I appreciate his whole pontificate because you know what, Jesse? I loved St. John Paul too, but his writings were a little challenging for me, okay? Yes, I get But it. Benedict XVI, he spoke a language that even a guy like me could read and go, wow, this is incredible. I mean, I, I, I just, I can't say enough about his teaching ability, but you've got to remember, he spent his whole life teaching people about Jesus Christ. That's right. And Terry, what you talked about silence, <clears throat> this is one, one of the reasons why a lot of Catholics, you know, we don't want glad tambourines to come back to the mass. No. We don't want, put your electric guitars away. Keep them in your bedroom. Keep your drums in your bedroom. We don't need that. No. Uh, uh, in fact, the Bible is full of exhortations to be silent. That's, I think, why people like reverent masses. Yeah. A reverent, uh, you know, Novus Ordo Mass, a done well, right. uh, the Latin Mass, because people crave silence. The Bible says in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Mm. Psalm 37, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 62, God, for God alone, my soul waits for you in silence. Uh, Job chapter 29, verse 21. Men listened to me and waited and kept silence for my counsel. Lamentations 3.26, it is good that one should quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Habakkuk 2.20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Wow. Zechariah 2.13, be silent all flesh before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Zephaniah 1.7, be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. 
And uh, St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church in her book, Interior Castle, mm-hmm. she talks about the seven mansions within the soul. And she says that the sixth mansion in the soul, she calls it the prayer of quiet, the prayer of quiet. And she says the sixth mansion known as the prayer of quiet leads to the highest prayer of union, mystical marriage, which is the seventh mansion of the soul. Wow. And you know, Jesse, Pope Benedict XVI said something that I actually put at the end of my book on how to share your faith with anyone. I said, here's what, quoting Pope Benedict XVI, he said, there is nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel, by the encounter with Jesus Christ. There's nothing more beautiful than to know him and to speak to others of our friendship with him. And you know, Jess, that's what we try to do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We want to share, hey, we want to tell you about Jesus Christ and his salvific work and so that all of us can die in the state of grace and go to heaven for all eternity. I mean, Jesse, we can talk politics. Yeah, I understand that. But ultimately, what is it all about? It's all about getting to heaven. Nothing more. Yes, yes sir. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, St. John of the Cross, one of the great mystical writers of the Middle Ages, yeah. he says, it is, it, is, it is best to learn to silent, to be silent, and to silence the faculties and cause them to be still so that God may speak to you. Wow. Mm. You know, Jesse, you quote the saints, you quote the scriptures, this world biblical view, this is what we're trying to do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And how do we do that? Well, I'll give you an example. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time I checked, we're called to live in a state of sanctifying grace. Last time I checked, don't live in a state of mortal sin. Uh, life is short. eternity's forever. Know your Catholic faith. Live your Catholic faith. Spread your Catholic faith. Be holy or die trying. I want to mention Bishop Strickland's cup. He's talking about the German bishop's error and the true understanding of development of doctrine. Out of two years of we're doing his shows, this is my favorite show we did with Bishop. He really said some things that are so important for all of us to know. Don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said this, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Yeah, we, especially this week that changed the world, let's offer up some sacrifices for the salvation of souls so other souls can be going to heaven for all eternity. Yes, I don't care if you're four years old or 104, we all can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. Offer it up. You've heard that when you were kids? Well, give it to Jesus. Thank you again for joining us here at Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.